I really want to go do that thing. And part of it is, am I strong enough inside to be okay if somebody doesn't agree with me or someone thinks I shouldn't do it? Am I still okay within me to do that, knowing that it's right for me? This is not your mother's middle age. No longer is waking up each day, living the wash, rinse, and repeat cycle acceptable. We have the life lessons, the relationships, the wins, and the losses with which to navigate to our highest self without hesitation and without fear leading the way. We have been there and done that, and so we have so much to offer the world and each other. So join me on this journey speaking to ordinary women doing extraordinary things for new insights, new ideas, new medical breakthroughs, and new life lessons. You will be inspired to find your best life here and now. My name is Wendy Charles McGuire, and this is your Second Wind Podcast. Today on Second Wind, we are speaking with Krista Overly. She is a wife, a mother, and a life coach. But don't put up the red flags about the life coach. It's not the life coach that you are probably thinking of. She has a whole toolbox of skills from spiritual to somatic, all these really cool tools that we'll talk about and how she gets her clients to find their purpose, their aha moments. It's so wonderful to have her on the second one because she's sort of doing the same thing I'm doing. So welcome to the podcast, Krista. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you for having me. It's just a pleasure to be here. I'm really thrilled to talk with you and share with your listeners a bit about what I do. And maybe we have some ideas we come up with together on this podcast that gives them a little help too. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. So let's dive right in because you have a great story with lots of little twists and turns. And I would love to find out about your aha moment, the thing, the trigger, the take action now moment. Can you share that with us? Okay, sure. I will keep it on the short side. (laughs) So the aha moment was the was spring was like around March, April of 2018, the previous year, my father had passed away after a seven year ish battle with dementia. And so I was coming back into my life, starting to think about things and how I wanted to move forward. I'd put some things on hold when he was still alive. And one day my, I was telling my youngest daughter a little bit about some thoughts I had about helping myself take action and such. And she said, Hey, there's this podcast. I think you'd like it. So she referred me to a podcast by a woman who was a life coach. And so I thought, I'll start listening. I started listening. And within probably just a handful of those episodes, I was like, yes, this is what I want to do. In fact, I went, they talked about they had life coach training and I went to look at it and they were already booked up. So I had to wait six months to sign up and then another six months before I started the training. So wow, almost okay. a year, but I was like, I was determined. So bring us back to who Krista is, and then we'll dive into your practice. And, and cause within your story, yeah. you've done all these things and seen things and heard things and gotten nudges along the way. Yeah. Okay. okay. So who Krista is, well, I think chronologically, I'll go back to when I was nine. I think I may have told yes, you a little bit yes. about this story when I was on the playground and I was nine. And it was one of these pivotal moments in my childhood that I remembered pretty clearly on a playground with some friends. And that's what happens sometimes with friends is they have a disagreement or an argument. And I wanted people to, I was trying to help them get along or something, but it didn't work. And I was watching this because it wasn't me that was involved, but on the perimeter. And I thought as they all split up and went away and sort of their huffy little way, I just remember thinking, I want to know why do people think the way they do? And it was such an interesting, clear thing to remember. 
And then fast forward to both high school and college where I learned about a little bit about psychology. And then I kind of like went through a period of like spiritual seeking and so learning about how we connect to ourselves and so forth. You grew up in the church, right? You grew up in a, I grew up in a church. I grew up, yeah, I grew up Lutheran. And Mm -hmm. so it wasn't really strict and rigid, but there was, so there was room for some exploration, but yeah, I had that connection going on and I was trying to figure that out, which didn't really resolve itself. Yeah. You said it, you said it wasn't really resonating with you. You were kind of questioning. Yeah. I had a lot of questioning and seeking as an adult, looking back on it, I kind of think, Oh, I was a little bit more of like a mystic type. I was more on the mystical side than more of a, a literal interpreter. Uh-huh. So I go through adulthood. Yeah, I stayed in the church, you know, just kind of kept going on. And when our family moved from Alaska to Colorado, we had to start things over socially. And now how old are you then? I was 32. Okay. So my kids were a few years old, but you know, we're still kind of young adults. And that was my first major move in my life. And with just being a seeker and I'd taken a yoga class, but I was happened to be in this natural foods change store. I was alfalfas before it became wild oats and on and on. There was this magazine I found. I don't even remember the name of it, but it was in that spiritual seeking, questioning uh, philosophy type. And I saw this whole page ad for this school called University of Santa Monica. And it was about a degree in spiritual psychology. And I read it and I was like, let me read that again. And I read it again. And I thought, Mm -hmm. this sounds pretty amazing. And I looked them up. The internet was still kind of a baby then a little bit, at least to the majority of us. And I ended up calling them because I thought I told my husband, even before I called him, like, I think I want to go here. And she's like, well, Okay. And going there meant California versus Colorado. So I called them, talked to the admissions person. They had a, a weekend going on. And after that, they had a Q&A, like a visitor's info session. I flew to California for the weekend just to go to that two-hour info session. What a supportive husband just to let you find that and do that. He's been the best. He's totally been the best. And so I did that. I got that. I went through that program, got through that degree. It's changed a little since then from what I understand and how they present it, but it was so valuable because the thing that was happening then was I was trying to figure out what I wanted, what made me happy, how would I what I wanted to do. And I still wasn't entirely clear at that time when That's I was right done. Then you're you're a, a young mom. Yeah. Still and a young you're mom. Kind of just going through life doing your thing, right? Yeah. Okay. But that was and that was always a little bit of what happened for me in the background was how even when I went to bachelor's degree, I didn't entirely know what I wanted. I have my college degree. It's useful. Yeah. Check. check. (laughs) And it was an education degree. So I was like, Oh, I could use this in a number of ways. Uh And I did, I did in different ways over the years. So I went through the university of Santa Monica and I was introduced to life coaching by one of my classmates, spouses. And so I had a little brief tech and a check into that. It was very much on the business coaching somebody career type. And I, after a little bit of trying that out, I realized that wasn't really my thing. So I kind of put it to the side. Do you remember what you didn't like? Um, It did not like resonate with me in a way I didn't find a connection. I knew I, I, we could talk about jobs and everything. It just didn't feel enough to me. You didn't have that like 
pull that. Yeah. Didn't have a pull. I, I, like I said, the spirituality thing. And so I, in a way, I just didn't feel like I could connect it together uh-huh. for uh-huh. me. So I left it there and then I needed to go to work though for the family. And I had a, a job in a early childhood center close by for a couple of years. And then I went through a yoga teacher training. So not long after I did the yoga teacher training, I left the early childhood job the preschool teacher and went back to visit friends and family in Alaska when the yoga teacher training was over. And one of our good friends had a Pilates studio and was doing education about Pilates. I didn't talk about this yet, but when, since I was a little kid, I loved to move and dance. Like I took dance classes from four to 11 years old and so forth. So that's how do you go from just taking a few yoga classes to wanting to be a teacher? Like I can't even imagine I go to yoga and to be a teacher. I just can't even imagine that. That's probably possible. <laughs> it's because I took, I was in ballet for, for seven and a half years and I would have kept going, except there were some ideas I had about what was acceptable in ballet and not. So okay. did yoga. Well, yoga kind of ticked two boxes, movement, some spirituality for me. Right. So that was awesome. And then I started learning about Pilates, got really interested in that. And I ended up working in a Pilates studio, getting top trained and then went on from there, not the same studio, but for about 13 years, taught Pilates. Wow. Okay. And, and that still, was your source of income. That was it. Yeah. That was my main gig for, okay. that was my longest job I've had in my adult life. I loved the people. I loved movement. I loved so much about it. And I had that, I don't know. I can't remember if others have discussed this, but I sort of had this slight knowing that, well, there's more I want to do. Mm-hmm. And I tried a number of trainings I went through and I would expand my knowledge of certain pieces of equipment and certain styles. And I would get through that. And I just felt like there's still something I want that's different. Something missing, and, like a little missing yeah. ingredient to your- Yeah, there was some missing ingredient. And, and I still love, I still love all those movement practices. So when I got to this place then with the podcast and the teacher training coming up, I was like, that's going to be my next step. And went through the training. Then this is like the third calendar year that I'm coaching people and I love it. And and it's so fun because even like you're saying, it's maybe not the way people think. There's so many very things I can bring into that. I can bring in some of the tools or or skills I've learned from spiritual psychology. Let's talk about some of the things that you bring in, because I think that's what makes you so unique. And especially since your wheelhouse, you said, was working with middle-aged women and helping Mm. them find their purpose, their passion, what ignites them, sparks them, so to speak. And I love the fact that you have some education behind you with Let's talk about your somatic, the somatic connection. Somatics. Yeah. Well, somatics is a nice, big, broad term. And really it's from the Greek word soma. And so you could define it as the mind and body connection and how we connect from the inside to the outside. Right. How we're thinking. Because so, so often we think of like our body, like, oh, my arm's not doing this. But somatics is also about bringing our awareness inward and then going from there and experiencing as well. Because so much we see through our eyes and we look into the world and we like, oh, my hand isn't doing this. But sometimes there's a way to tune within and think of and just pay attention to that. There's It's so deep. We could, there's so many people who have some really amazing experiences with that too. We could just like go off on a tangent. <laughs> You tap into that. Yeah, I tap into that. And like there'll be times that we discuss how we're feeling in our body or how we're breathing, or if there's some anxiety, there's some tools that I can bring in from spiritual psychology and even some unconscious 
uh, what's happening in our unconscious. So coaching the unconscious part of the mind. Oh, wow. So how about this? How about bring me through what it looks like if somebody is coming to you and they mm-hmm. sit in front of you and say, you know, I'm, let's just say it's me, 55 years old. My kids are grown. My husband's fine. Everything's fine. I just feel unfulfilled. How do you even start with something like that? Well, when I start with somebody, I usually will sit to have them come to me and we'll talk about what's happening in their life. They'll describe for me like the thing that might be most present. So I might ask you, everything's fine. It's fine. Tell me more about what's not fine. Mm. What is happening for you? Often they've said like, oh, I'm just so frustrated at work. There's these things happening and I don't like this or, and there's this dissatisfaction somewhere. And we'll talk about that. And then we'll also talk about like what some of the other parts of their life that might have some relation to what's going on, because usually things don't occur just in the vacuum of just that container of the job. Right. And I think that you also are very good at figuring that out because you had shared with me, you have maybe tapped into a little bit of a feeling medium kind of thing, correct? Where you can- Like the intuition? Yeah. What you're describing? Yeah. I think there's sometimes an intuition. I think we all have it. And there'll be times I ask a question because I might sense something or have an idea of what this might be like. And people get to tell me yes or no, or they might consider it and decide whether or not they want to talk with it. But I, I just like being present and really trying to hear and listen to what. So I might ask you to talk to me and there might be a couple of thoughts I have as you jot things down. It may be the way you say something. It may be something you didn't say. It looked like you were about to say something. Hmm. So I may have, I would discuss and talk with you like, what about this? And what does this look like? And, and then, so where they are now. And then we talk a little bit about like, so what would you like to see happen? We could wave this magic wand. If I could take you and grant you the genie's wishes, what would you like to see happen? And we talk about what that could look like, because sometimes it's just that dream that that's just really precious that they just aren't sure they can have or is possible. And so we talk about that. And then as I listen to them from what I have learned and, you know, our own personal experience and such, I may say, this is what I'm hearing that sounds like it's going on. And this is what I can help you with. And we can talk about this, or I may have some skills that can say we can offer this. And we talk about what that could look like. And we talk about, you know, going from where they are to where they want to go. That's that initial session. And no session is, no client's road is the same. This is what's so fun is what I've discovered recently through a program that I'm going to certify in is that we all have our special combination of strengths. And one of my strengths is individualization. So with every person that comes to me, I have an idea of, like you said, the toolbox that I have, the methods and the styles, but it's so fun to like what your journey would be with me might will look totally different than another woman who may have a similar set of problems, but, or challenges, I should say, but it's just how you and I might connect, or, you know, maybe there's these small little things that are different than what somebody else is, has going on. We'll talk about how to work that for you. So you're essentially giving each individual person their own roadmap. Exactly. You say? Yeah. Their roadmap, their, and their journey. And they're the ones who get to decide how much of themselves to put into it. Like I'm not an accountability person. So when I work with people, I will help draw from them what they want, but also we explore, like if there's something that is 
stopping them? Like, what's the, what is that? And what is like, what does that feel like? What is when we want to move ahead, but we don't like, wow. Okay. Let's talk about that. Let's explore that. What's going on. It may be how they're thinking about it. And there's some old patterns there. It may be that they have certain feelings and we need to spend some time exploring that. Right. Tell me this, is there a common theme that, you know, you'll, you'll be sitting back and you'll say, wow, you know, in the last month, it seems to me that many of my clients are dealing with this. It's their common theme. Sometimes those happen. I was thinking about this actually in a different way for a lot of women in midlife where we are, where I am right now, I, we've not talked about our ages, but I think that those of us who feel like we can't have something or a challenge, there's some like socialization conditioning around what's okay to do or to say, or to be. Okay. And while there's the idea in in the work world, let's say about showing up in a particular way, sometimes that carries over even into our personal life. Like I'm okay to be me. It's pretty, I think there's a lot of universality in that. Will somebody accept me as I am if I talk about this or if I say that? Okay. I really want to go do that thing. And part of it is, am I strong enough inside to be okay if somebody doesn't agree with me or someone thinks I shouldn't do it? Am I still okay within me to do that, knowing that it's right for me? It sounds like in order to get to that place where people can start and you can help them manifest whatever it is that they're trying to get to, once you identify that, would you say one of the things that you are helping people overcome is if you whittle it all down, it's fear. There's fear. Yeah. Fear. There's self-doubt and there's also self-acceptance. Women have some kind of real deficit with that. I don't know why. Well, in self-acceptance, in a lot of ways that we come into, we come kind of in our own gloriousness. And of course we are not great at everything. We're going to have our abilities and our talents and our skills in our own package. And sometimes for people, they want us to be able to do something really well that maybe we don't. It's not uncommon to get messages that, what we do really well is not enough or it's too much when it's, it's kind of like breathing. We do it that those are our top strengths. So that's, what's fun about this program that I'm going to be incorporating more is talk about the strengths and then the values they have and your interest in your skills. When I found the, that out for me at first, I was like, oh, but those aren't the strengths I need to do something. And then it, after a while, just realizing that's just who I am. And if I try to really change that to become all these other things that people thought I should do better, I can do them sometimes, but it's not me. And it's hard. It's so hard to not be you. Did you have to kind of counsel yourself to get you to where you are? Oh yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a a self-coaching process. That is one of the more challenging things is to keep that awareness. And uh, there's a couple of clients that I, it's been so fun to see them over the process of a year that they get to really see for themselves how much that has changed as they would make their notes and then they would think about things and they'd come back and as time went by and they would say something in a session and to be able to say to them like, oh, look, you're on to yourself. Remember when that was, you didn't think that could happen, but look, you've got it and you're working on it. And they just light up and they're, it's so fun and so gratifying to just see that they're able to take what they've been learning in and growing into right. and accepting about themselves. That's exciting. That's it is so good. So fulfilling for you to watch that it happen. Is. And another thing that you had told me, another one of your tools was the, the mystics of the wheel. You were sharing the sharing that everything has its own place, literal place on the wheel. The life wheel I was talking yeah. about. 
Yeah, that's and, the, yeah, the life wheel. Yeah, in the consultation process, we t- the life wheel is where we talk about like, I may ask, I don't always ask every piece of that to clients, but say like, tell me a little bit about relationship. And they may tell me, oh, I have these family members and what what's it like for you now? And then they'll, t- and I'll say, what would make it a 10? One out of 10, 10 okay. is the highest. So we'll talk about that. I'm trying to remember now what I would have said about mystic. There's a place in like a spirituality life. Not everybody considers themselves a spiritual person, mm-hmm. but that would be on the wheel. Like mm-hmm. when I said, spirituality is whatever you define it to be. I right. am not defining it for you, but if someone's spirituality is reading philosophy, great. If someone's spirituality is their religious practice, great. Whatever that is for them. Right. Has Have you ever had anyone who said something that really they thought was, or you asked a question and they were like, well, that shouldn't matter. You know, I, I don't really need to talk about that. And then you find out through working with them that that thing that they didn't think was important, or maybe even a stopping block for them actually was this, was the whole thing. Has that ever happened? where somebody's just not aware and you help bring that awareness? I don't think I've had it quite that way. I've had clients where at times where they maybe didn't see how there was a thread going through a few of those categories that did all tie together. Yeah. It's much more likely where uh, self-confidence, self-confidence can show up as a thread throughout a few of those categories. I don't recall having someone who tried to totally ignore it, but I can totally see it's possible because sometimes we don't think that's a thing and we pushed it away. Mm-hmm. And yet it's because it's, it's been like almost like pushed down like a beach ball. It's actually still affecting us. So sometimes emotions, sometimes people aren't sure about their emotions and that can be something too. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. So you said a very interesting comment and I want to get it right. About the, we are human Uh, beings, that one, say that. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So, well, this is not an original. It is one of my favorite that we are. So when I went to University of Santa Monica, I'm not sure if that was the first place I heard it, but it, the context and what we were doing there and talking about and exploring really stuck with me was that we are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. And that resonated for me so deeply because it is something for me that I really want to try to remember all humans as spiritual beings. Like we, we count, everybody matters. Even the people I might be really mad with, (laughs) it's like they still have that. And I know that's a really challenging one to work with. It would be like one of those lifelong studies or practices, but that to have that viewpoint and to, at least for me to hold that in, whether or not I said that in any session or whether or not that came up, whether or not somebody else believed it, it's okay. I just get to sit there and go like, person in front of me is somebody that's a spiritual being. I get to, now this may sound super woo, but I get to love on them. Even if they don't know it, even if they don't feel that, I just could sit there and think about them with love and be part of their life that may help them get from one place to another, whether that's for a few months, whether that's for a year or two years. It's just, I'm here to be part of that. Would you say you're the conduit? That could be a way of saying it. I think if I, I'm starting to think of myself, like the term coach just isn't enough. (laughs) That's why I was having a hard time saying that in your intro. I'm like, but you're not, you're a life coach, but not the way people think. It's sort of like being a companion. I don't know if I found the the term I like the best yet. Sometimes I feel like I'm the companion. Sometimes it's uh, like just being someone who reveals something to them or a way shower. I, I just haven't found like 
Oh yeah. The best place, but sometimes I'm the listener. Sometimes I'm just the person who holds a space for them. I think it just, it changes a little bit. So having a defined perfect term, I'm not sure if that's possible yet. I love it all. We'll find it. We'll find it. (laughs) Tell me why, what's your favorite part, I guess, of working with the second wind women, so to speak. Mm. Why is that your favorite? Well, having not been that far from the place where often I meet people, but I'm not, I don't think of myself as above or ahead. It's just a different place. If I was to have a a half circle, Mm -hmm. you know, and we're shining a light across 180 degrees, like you could have those headlights now that cover just about everything at night. When you look out of your car at the road, Mm -hmm. I'm just at a different area. And maybe I've seen that territory a little differently. So my favorite part is I got to do this recently. I had some conversations with a number of women because I like to just kind of get an idea of what what's going on for women and what's happening in their life. Uh-huh. And it was so fun to listen, sometimes ask a question that allows them to think about something in a way they hadn't considered or thought of. And then it's not every time, but occasionally there'll be a question, they'll sit back or they'll sit forward and they'll be like, oh, I hadn't thought of that. And it just, it helps almost spin the wheels in their mind a little differently, especially if they've been a little stuck or unsure about something, but it, it just allows them to have a perspective change. And sometimes that is one of the most important things that they can have is even just the perspective change. Right. Yeah. But having that perspective change and then sharing in their celebrations when they make the changes or they realize something, it's, it's being in that relationship where, you know, we're partnering together while they're traveling on another part of their journey. Oh, I love that. You said that really well. That makes sense. Thank you. Who doesn't need that? We all need that. We need to get out of our own heads sometimes. And you said you Mm -hmm. had to learn how to do that. Yeah. For a while. And yeah, there's times I'm in my head and then when I go into doing some movement and sometimes I need to stop and take what's in my head and even just write it down. That's one of the most interesting things I think that I found was, I know a lot of people like to type over, write. I don't, it, I, it doesn't really matter, but there's something for us who've been, those of us who've grown up really with the pen and paper yeah. or pencil and paper, something about taking when your mind is spinning and taking that and just putting down in a particular way, your thinking where you can see it and just pull it out because we tend to like go over and over and get cyclical thinking ruminate and so forth. So can I share like one thing that I've, I would, I was just about to ask you to, yeah, it's a very common thing. And that's what stops people is that one little negative thing saying we can't do it, or I don't understand, or it's never going to make sense. It's never going to work. And then that ticker tape just keeps going and going and going. It's like the hamster wheel of the thought. Yes. Yes. And I feel like that stops so many people. Share. Okay. So, and I'm going to do this as I talk to you, because this is how, like I said, I'm such a kinesthetic person. So I'll take a sheet of paper. And what I'll do is, especially if, if it feels like your mind is just stuck thinking, I usually suggest you take and write your thoughts down. If you can slow it down just a little bit and do one thought at a time, one thought per line. So do you mind giving me something that... Uh, negative thought, negative thought. It doesn't have to be negative. It could be just something you're kind of like a problem you're trying to solve even over and over again, or some issue that you're replaying. How to creating a calendar and and keeping everything in line and. How do I create a calendar? Yeah. um, How do I keep everything in line? Creating the day to allow me to do all the things that I need to do. Create a day that allows me. 
all the things that I need to do. Did I hear that right? Yes. Yeah. And be able to categorize things. Everything's important to me. <laughs> Everything's a shiny object. Be able to categorize. Everything is important to me. So I'm breaking down your thoughts a little bit. Okay. So everything you just said is on one line? Nope. Each They're thing on separate lines. Yeah, yeah, I'll show you. They're important to me and everything's a shiny object. Did you say that? Okay. So as I write this down, I wrote each sentence on a separate line. Okay. That's what I mean by every thought is a different line. Okay. So I, I messed one. You can go back and listen and figure out the second one. But I said, how do I create a calendar? And then- Organize said, my day. Organize my day. Mm -hmm. And then you said, how do I create a day that allows me all the things I need to do, be able to categorize? And there was sort of like a trailing off there. It's like you had something more you wanted to say on that. Categorize importance. Important. Everything that, and then you said everything's important to me. And everything kind of had them break. Okay. And then you said everything's a shiny object. So my handwriting is really fast. I don't know if you can see this. So I just wrote it on one each line. Okay. But by doing that, yeah. By doing that, now does it look different? Now that I'm showing Wendy her thoughts here. So it looks a little different when it's written down, doesn't it? Yeah, it doesn't look like a mishmash. Right. Yeah. And so when you do that, there's something that happens a little bit with the mind is that you kind of go, oh, it's not still running and running and running. It's like, oh, I get to actually sit there and go, how do I create a calendar? Now, how is a tricky question mm -hmm. because your brain will be sometime when I ask you if I, if you said, how do I create a calendar? What is, how does your brain respond? My brain goes, oh, well, I've heard of this place. I've heard of this program. I've heard of this. Mm -hmm. I, this mm -hmm. I should do Outlook. And then you start on another. <laughs> yeah another path. Yeah. Back on the hamster wheel. Could be back on the hamster wheel. The other thing that can happen with how is brain some can sometimes go like, I don't know. I have all these things. I don't know how I'm going to do it. So you can take that question you have. Uh -huh, the how. Yeah. There would be another piece in this. I would work with a client because I might even take this from how into making it more of a statement, less of a question. But since you asked questions and this is an interview, what I would say is how to create a calendar. I might get more specific and go and say, and say, well, let's try this. What would it be like if I said, what kind of calendar would I like to create? Just sort of like open it up a little bit. And this is not a, a canned question, by the way, as right. I was talking to you, I was just sitting there going like, and we might play with it because you might say, well, and I might, and I could say to you then one day, how, what's another way you could say, how do I create a calendar? Another way to say that? Yeah. What would be another way to say that that feels a little different to you? I would like to arrange my day with priority and organization in order to meet my goals. That was really good on the fly, by the way. Thank yeah, you. it is. I'd like <laughs> to arrange my calendar with priority and organization in order to meet my goals. Yes, okay. that is what I would like to do. Yeah. All right, do it. No. <laughs> well, and from there, if I was doing a lot better now already. Oh, good. Good. There. Yeah, thank Helpful. you. <laughs> So helpful, right? And so you took that, you made it a statement. And then you and I, if we were working together, might go through that and just say, all right, wow, let's talk about that a little bit. And I might intuitively just pick out one of those, depending upon how we had gotten to that and start to ask you some more questions. Here's the thing I, one of the things I believe is my clients, I mean, with maybe a couple of little technical things they don't know yet, often have the answers within themselves and we, they just haven't had the way open to that yet. Find it, right. And so already in just that, that we just did, you took this, this vast array of things that were kind of cloudy and muddy, and then we narrowed them down. And now I'm like, okay, so this is what I want my calendar to look like. Okay. Now I'm just going to go find the tool. And I will send you this when we're all done. Okay. <laughs> 
Wow. I mean, yeah. I was so, just talking about this with my husband. I'm like, I got to get my act together. I got to get these appointments and everything and interviews and everything in line. So that I'm not like, we could even, yeah. And we could even talk about like, okay, and let's talk, you know, just to explore what happens when that thought's running through your head. How does that feel? And then explore it. So we would help to craft and create what you want. And in a way that allows you to have a feeling you want, because if you're thinking and it's muddled and it's just, it doesn't feel great. It's going to be more than likely more challenging to create what you want. So you're taking, you're taking people's emotional stuff based on their thoughts and, and helping them just organize it and and figure it out and find their own answers. That's a pretty good summarization. And sometimes we don't always figure it out immediately, but we get a start. We maybe make a crack in, in whatever, if you will, the wall or barrier, or we find a way around it rather than no steps. Yeah, we keep on spinning. We put a foot off the wheel and stop it. Yeah, yeah, we can come on off the wheel. Yeah. Yeah. And and just see like, and so like, you know, when the wheel is spinning, right, it's hard to see each individual little piece of that wheel. So when you come off the wheel, like, oh, look at that. So tell me, Krista, thank you, by the way, I feel like I just got a session and it was fabulous. I recommend Krista to anyone. (laughs) Who has any issues at all? Any thoughts, any questions about their next steps? But Krista, what's next for you? You were talking about you know, the certification that you want to do. Yeah. So I, one of the things I went through this last year, as I was talking about strengths is a program called UMAP. And I, have you heard about this? Did I tell you about this? No, I don't know if you told me, somebody else told me I'm learning all this stuff, but it sounds so familiar. So UMAP is really fantastic. It is a tool that encompasses four different small assessments that have been put together by a woman named Kristen Sherry. Okay. And the tool helps to clarify what your, and the snapshot is currently, I will say that because sometimes a few years later down the road, it may change a little bit. Okay. Depending upon what happens in your life, it's yeah. taking the Clifton Strengths. It, there's a values assessment, a interests assessment. This is one where people would often talk like, you go to a party and who do you like to talk to? There's that. And then there's also, dude, with all of these things, talks and reveals to you a little bit what your, well, a little bit. It's a pretty good couple, two lists your preferred skills, most likely, and then your least preferred skills. And what happens as you look at through this, the results you get, and what I get to learn is more about helping work people through it, but I've had such a a fabulous experience with being able to finally go like, these are my strengths. I live and breathe them. Like my strengths are individualization, Mm -hmm. learner, input, futuristic, and relater. And that is like a really unique recipe of me. There's a total of 34, but the top five are like the five main ones we tend to use all the time. And so that's who I am when I get to coach people. Those are the five that come out the strongest and who I when I work with people and just who I am as a person. And at first I was like, no, because I need these other skills. My thought was, uh, I need these other skills to make me effective. And then in the last few months, as I've been going through it and realizing I can't turn that off. That's just who I am. It's like breathing. Oh, it's like realizing it. Yeah. Realizing it. And then going like, ah, and this is amazing. This is just who I am. Of course now sometimes- Allowing, you're tapping into it and allowing it. Yes. And embracing it and going, heck yeah, I'm going to use these. And then the values I have and the values that I have and how that relates to knowing like who I'll probably work with better. 
work with best, who might resonate. Cause I could have those same strengths with somebody else or close to, but if we have really different values, that may be a little more challenging to, right. to understand, but that would also affect the values might also be part of that piece when women, and this is where I think it's going to be just amazing to use is as women in midlife are trying to decide what to do. And like, this didn't work. Let's do a UMAP and let's discover. So now that you're going forward, you know, where your strengths are, you know, what your values are and how you are creating the life you want with these, with this awareness and this knowledge of what's going to work better for you. Oh, that's neat. That, that is, you're offering even more now. It's, it's, I'm just so excited to, to get started with that. So, yeah. Krista, what keeps you going? Cause you know, I know in my few years when I was counseling and stuff with people, I do know it's exhausting. Like you'll Mm. do a few sessions in a row. And even though you're jazzed up and you're in your element and you're doing your thing and it's passionate and you, and you're helping, right. It kind of, you're done and you go, Oh, I'm so tired now. I don't know if you feel that, but how do you keep Krista going and keep such, you know, a positive attitude and and always refining your skills and always doing more? Because it looks like you're always learning and reaching and grabbing for more ways to help more people. Yeah. What keeps me growing? Well, at this point in my life, I have learned that rest is important. Taking taking a break and and taking care of me too. I do think that the alignment, the fit of of not just coaching, but now that I understand what I love to do and my values, that has gone a long way too. Like really just acknowledging that when I'm doing what I do best, doing what I love and helping people's part of that mm-hmm. and, and doing what that shines my values, I'm not working against my values or in opposition to them because that's draining. I gotcha. That is really important. My husband and I still do things together. Like we still, I just try to have the moments of my day where I'm doing something that's a little fun. Okay. Um, try to nourish, keep my movement practice is pretty important. Like that exercise for me, I, just, I can't overstress enough how much as a kid and knowing that I, I like kinesthetically need to do movement every day mm-hmm. that keeps me going. So what does that look like? Is that yoga? Is that Pilates? Is it, it can walking? Be, it can be some yoga. It could be some Pilates. I change it up a little bit and we just bought a, um, one of the newer exercise bikes, not the Peloton, but to, to have a little more of that kind of heart circulation aspect. Cause with right now being in COVID shutdown time, I don't go to a gym and it's winter. So getting outside to walk is not always safe. Right. So. I'm learning that in Pennsylvania. I can walk in the trails in the snow and the ice, but get me on the, on the road and I'm slipping and falling in. Yeah. And I read some books too, that really, uh, inspire me. I've got a couple that I'm currently reading that I'm really excited. Well, the, there's the UMAP book. There's another book because of somatics called your body is your brain that I'm reading right now that I'm loving is your brain. That's your body is your brain. Yeah. I can send you the titles if you want these for any show notes or anything. And I I just get inspired by, I'm often inspired by people. So even my colleagues or I'll get coached sometimes too, like they'll coach me or I'll self-coach, but I get as much out of coaching a person as I do getting coached. I love it so much. Yeah. You can feel your energy coming through. And I think that our listeners will definitely resonate with that and feel that too. How do people get in touch with you? Because who doesn't want to work with you now? Oh, Oh, so kind. So I do have my website. You could, you could email me. My website is kristaoverly.com. K-R-I-S-T-A-O-V, like in Victor, E-R-L-Y. So that's like the adverb.com. And I think you'll have that on your show notes. If yes, I'm not mistaken. I I, I'm on Instagram as Krista Overly. And I'm on Facebook as my business 
page is Krista Overly Coaching. Okay. You could double yeah. check that. I think I okay. sent that to you, but yeah. <laughs> we'll have all of that in the show notes so people can find you. Yeah. Fastest way would be info at KristaOverly.com as an email. Okay. That's the yeah. fastest way. Put that in there. Because what you're doing is so needed for so many people. And women, as I said to you, we get to wear the woman's suit and we are sent here to raise the consciousness, not only of ourselves, but of the world, we're trying to start a movement here. And I know you believe that as we raise our vibrational level, it just makes the world a better place. And you're doing that by helping people hone in and find out what's going to make them happy, truly happy and tap into their potential and their, and their self-worth and their self-fulfillment and their life's purpose. You're raising their vibration. I'm happy to do it. Yeah. It's really cool. It is so fun. It's so cool. Thank Thank you so much for having me, Wendy. Thank you for your time. Finally, we got the interview in and I'm so happy to have met you and we'll stay in touch. And after you do your mapping thing, let's get you back on and talk. Oh, I would love to do that. Yeah. After the U-map is finished, definitely I will let you know. I will make an update. You got it all going and and we'll get you back on. Okay. Yeah. I I have ideas around that. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Krista. And until next time, breathe in your second wind. Thank you for listening today. I hope that something you heard made you smile, made you think, and made you feel. If these incredible stories empowered you, awakened you, or left you feeling inspired, make sure to share with a friend and write us a review on iTunes so we can continue to change lives through this content. Make sure you tag us while you're listening on our Facebook group, My Second Wind, or hit the link in the show notes to join the conversation. Until next time, go ahead and breathe in your second wind.